You're listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible is Literature. Hi, this is Father Mark Bulos, and you are listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible as Literature podcast. This week, Father Paul explains that in the Bible, God is the only king and the owner of his children, not his children, the owners, one of another. I am delighted to introduce Father Paul on the Bible as Literature podcast, Tarazi Tuesdays. Moving to the following chapter, we continue this covenant code by hearing about the slaves very early fantastic remember the Israelites were saved from the slavery of Egypt to become the slaves of God that is totally eliminated by Jews and Christians in their so-called theologies. Why? Because they want to feel that they are free. Well, you are never free of God who has freed you. And you have strict ordinances. Okay? I can read it for you quickly. Now these are the ordinances which you shall set before them. When you buy a Hebrew slave, he shall serve for six years, and in the seventh he shall go out free for nothing. And this will be called later the sabbatical year, and then after seven Sabbaths in the year 49, we have an extra year, 50 which is a jubilee year where everything is freed from you. Very beautiful. If he comes in single, he shall go out single. If he comes in married, then his wife shall go out with him. Very interesting. You treat him as another human being. If his master gives him a wife and she bears him sons or daughters, the wife and her children shall be her masters and he shall go out alone. Because this is a wife that was acquired while the slave was serving his master. I mean, if you know the Roman Empire, you know all these rules. But if the slave plainly says, I love my master, my wife, and my children, I will not go out free, then his master shall bring him to God, and he shall bring him to the door or the doorpost, and his master shall bore his ear through with an owl, and he shall serve him for life. But this is the choice of the slave. When a man sells his daughter as a slave, She shall not go out as the male slaves do. If she does not please her master who has designated her for himself, then he shall let her be redeemed. 
he shall have no right to send her to a foreign people since he has dealt faithlessly with her, meaning that she has to be within the realm of the people of Israel, hear it not as though the Jews of today, but the people who were freed from the slavery of Egypt and by the same token are bound by these laws that God is issuing. If he designate her for his son, he shall deal with her as with a daughter because he cannot treat her as though she is his woman. If he takes another wife to himself, he shall not diminish her food, her clothing, and her marital rights. That's very important. And you have it also in the Quran. You may have up to four wives. If, and that is the condition, you can be just in the same level to all four of them. So it's not a joke that you can do as you please. You have to do according to God's pleasure in the Bible, not as you please. And that's the trouble with Christianity in the United States. These two things are combined together and you know the result that we are living today that you have a rifle or a gun and you shoot whenever you feel like shooting and then you say, I'm sorry. It doesn't work like that in the Bible. And if he does not do these three things for her, she shall go out for nothing without payment of money. Very beautiful. That's the beginning of the extensive law of God. And then with this, we hear the following verses that deal with homicide. Okay, killing another person which is not allowed. So what do we have here under homicide? Whoever strikes a man so that he dies shall be put to death. The man who struck another person. Okay? Very early in chapter 9 of Genesis, after the flood. Okay? Who takes a life, his life will be taken. But if he did not lie in wait for him, notice this expansion, not only the strictness, but also the clarity of the laws. If he did not lie in wait for him, but God let him fall into his hand, then I will appoint for you a place to which he may flee. And with this we have a jump to those famous cities of refuge to protect someone. Why? Because justice ultimately is divine and has to be just or correct. But if a man willfully attacks another to kill him treacherously, you shall take him from my altar that he may die. 
after he has been judged by God at the altar. Whoever strikes his father or his mother shall be put to death, which is a special case because they are at the top of the law regarding the neighbor. The first two immediate neighbors, the most important, are the parents, father and mother, and I commented on that. Whoever steals a man, whether he sells him or is found in possession of him, shall be put to death. Let's remember that, because you may not enslave other people. And then in 17, you have a verse which is very interesting because it brings us back to the father and the mother. And then there we heard that one is to glorify his parents. Now whoever curses, and the curse in Hebrew is the pi'el of kal, kalal, to make less and those who know Arabic can hear it, to diminish the value of someone, which is understood as cursing someone. Okay, very interesting. And then we met it early in Genesis, especially in conjunction with the blessing in Genesis 12.3. The opposite of blessing is to make less, and thus that's the meaning of to curse. Okay, you may not do that. And then you have details here about something that is less than killing the other person, which is the strikes and the injuries. So... You have it in detail, but let me underscore, you can read it for yourselves. I'm going to underscore only a few verses. When a man strikes his slave, male or female, with a rod, and the slave dies under his hand, he shall be punished. Remember that rod is very important in the shepherd life. You don't use it to strike someone to death. You use it to hit or strike even someone unto correction, but not unto death. That is why, and I commented on that, the reference to the scepter of the king is exactly the same one of two words that is used to speak about the rod of the shepherd. And beyond that, let me make an aside here, and I developed that in the paper I just presented in a conference in Lebanon, that these same two words are used to speak of the clan, the larger family of human beings. So link these together and you will see that ultimately you are put in a position from the perspective as the author 
as being a position of a flock and thus sheep. Hence, let me jump again to Ezekiel 34, where not only the shepherds are scathed, but also the bullying sheep. And since the people are viewed as a flock, this means the person who owns another slave and mistreat their slave, remember male or female, then he is acting as the bullying sheep. He is using his power the way a king uses the power of his rod and not as a shepherd uses the power of the rod. And then other verses, if the slave survives, then you go to the judge and decide and so on. If any harm follows in 23, then you shall give life for life. And there you have the statement, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burn for burn, wound for wound, stripe for stripe. And remember, this rule applies when we misbehave against a slave. That is why in the Bible, only God is the Malik, the owner of the children of Israel, not they one another. God has slaves because we are all his slaves. That's why Paul introduces himself as the slave of God or the slave of Christ. But we are not the slaves of one another. And here the letter to Philemon is very important. I think besides Ezekiel that I would recommend to be read three times a week during Lent, I'm recommending to you that you not read, you hear, you have someone else read it to you, the letter to Philemon, and you will get the message without need of commentaries. I know many people point out that I wrote a commentary on the letter to Philemon, but I fooled everybody because I put it under the ages of my commentary to Colossians. In other words, there is no need for commentators to tell you what the letter is saying, except for them to explain to you key Greek words. The Bible as Literature is a production of the Ephesus School Network.